I'm Ellen. And this is Longhorn Lab Report. What's going on on campus this week, Eva? Uh, I don't know about campus, but Zia wrote about Mars. That's so cool. What did she say? The mounds on Mars are formed by the wind. Just like my hairdo today. You know whose hair always looks good? Stacy's. I know. Did you read her nutrition column this week? Yeah, it's about hydration. That's an important one for us and the Barton Spring salamander. Yeah, I read about that in Zia's article. The cleaner we keep the water for the salamander, the cleaner it is for us. True. That's so chill. Just like our air conditioning system. Yeah, I read Laura's story about how it's the best in the world. UT is so cool. It is. Did you read Raza's article about how a UT alum helped discover a star that has an atmosphere that's 99% oxygen? Yeah, I wonder if we could funnel some of that oxygen over here. Uh, that sounds like a conspiracy. Hey, did you read Maluli's Conspiracy Corner this week? Yep, crazy stuff. I'm glad Maluli's sharing these conspiracies with us. According to Julianne's science scene last week, sharing secrets is good for your mental health. You know what's bad for your health? Uh, anthrax? How did you know? I was so glad to read Ariba's article about how UT scientists developed a drug to fight inhalational anthrax. Same. Also, I was glad to learn they don't have any anthrax on campus. You know what there is a lot of on campus? Outlets? Exactly. We're so in sync. I wish I had one now. My computer's about to run out of charge. Emmanuel wrote about how UT researchers are working on future textiles that may be able to charge your electronics for you. That is so exciting. You know what I'm more excited about? Your interview this week. I interviewed Katie Red, who works at the CMHC. Let's hear it. I'm Ellen Earhart, and this is Longhorn Lab Report. For Mental Health Week, I'm talking to Katie Rett, the Assistant Director for the Prevention and Outreach at the UT Counseling and Mental Health Center. She's a certified health education specialist who creates mental health and well-being programs for students. She also lived in Belize for several years and enjoys quilting. Hi, Katie. Hi. So why do you think college is a hard time for a lot of people? Gosh, I think, um, so college is both a difficult time and a really wonderful time. I think for a lot of people it can be. It can be both of those things. It can be a tricky time because, you know, the obvious reasons that um, for some people it may be the first time that they have this sort of independence and, you know, what comes with independence is having to figure out how to do your laundry and how to feed yourself and how to take care of money situations and um, all of that at the same time that you are kind of thrust in this environment where the style of learning and teaching is probably very different than what most people are used to in high school. Um, more self-paced learning, having to do a lot more work outside of the classroom, a lot more reading, kind of conceptualizing, um, you know, theories and, and putting ideas together in a way that um, maybe you didn't do in high school. Um, so I think there's there's those things. There's also this kind of social aspect, right, that, that for a lot of people who are coming here, um, you know, they may have left a great group of friends back in high school. They may not have left any, you know, they may not have had friends in high school. And they're coming here to this huge campus community and, um, and can be sort of overwhelmed with, like, where do I find my place? Who are my people? You know, and it can, take, it can take a while to sort of figure out your footing. So I think those are all of the, you know, things that make it pretty challenging. The things that I think make it really wonderful are that uh, you're independent, right? <laughs> you have this opportunity mm -hmm. to learn and explore. It's like two sides of the same coin. You have the opportunity to sort of, in some ways, reinvent yourself, you know? Um, no one knows who you were in high school. If you want to, you know, kind of 
reinvent yourself in a new way. You kind of have the opportunity to do that when you start fresh and start over. You have the opportunity to meet new people and, and my gosh, this campus is full of just amazing, creative, innovative people. And I think being around that, that's also kind of two, uh, you know, two sides of the same coin, I think, um, can push you to be your best. And I think it can sometimes make us feel like we can never measure up. So I think there's, you know, multiple things to, to kind of consider thinking about this this time. Mm -hmm. So um, is it all right if I just go through kind of a couple of scenarios that me or my friends have gone through during our college experience and mm -hmm. kind of where we could turn to for, or where we could have turned to for help during those situations? Sure, we can talk through that. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So um, what should I do if I bombed a test and I can't get over it? Yeah. <laughs> so we talk a lot about failure and rejection. That's really come up, I think, for um, as, a, as a topic that we need to address um, in terms of our prevention and outreach. Um, and so that, that's something that we've really worked hard on and we'll continue to, to think about um, how we think about failure and rejection. I think there's a couple of things that, that to keep in mind, and one is that our ideas of what success is are often very tied into outcomes. So, uh, you know, we always think about what's your GPA? Did you get into the internship? What grad school are you going to? What, you know, and it's very sort of outcome driven. We rarely talk about success as it relates to, um, you know, how, are you able to, you know, things like, um, you get a good night of sleep most nights. You able you're able to keep friendships. You um, your relationships are less dramatic than they used to be. Um, you learned something, right? So I think oftentimes we get a bad grade on a test and we think, oh, this is awful. This is going to really affect my GPA. And that's real. That is very real. And I don't want to dismiss that. Those feelings are real. But also being able to take a step back and say, okay, what did I learn? And this is a data point, right? This is a data point to tell me that maybe the way I was studying wasn't so effective and maybe I need to readjust somehow. So take a look at what I, what I didn't know well or what I didn't do well. Use that information and move forward in a different way. Maybe you studied by yourself in your room and you realize, <clears throat> okay, that maybe didn't work so well. Maybe I'm going to go to the study group or maybe I'm going to go to professor's office hours or maybe I'm going to watch a YouTube video to help me understand this concept. So I try to think of failure as a data point as much as possible and I do realize that there are times when failure is very real um, <clears throat> and you know it's hard to take a step back and, and look at it that way but um, you know with my staff members when they're thinking about doing a new project or or you know kind of putting themselves out there and um, you know doing something new a new workshop or a new event um, I try to to think about it's not a success or a failure the first time. It's really just information to help us figure out how to do it differently the next time. Got it. Thank you. Um, so what if I'm struggling with my roommates, whether I live in a single room with them in a dorm or in an apartment, and it's affecting how much I want to go home, or like if I have an intense argument with them and I can't like sleep, Mm -hmm. Like, what would you recommend for dealing with problems like that? Well, I think there's lots of campus resources for, for, for things like that. There's, you know, always the going to the RA as a, as a first stop, and then they can involve the hall coordinator if need be um, to kind of work through that conflict. Um, there's mediation on campus that can help as well. Um, Wait, where do I? 
What is that? Yeah, <laughs> sure, I'm yeah. not sure exactly. Uh, I know that there is a thing, that, um, like UT campus mediation. <laughs> yeah, you might want to double check that. It's been a while since I've looked into that, but I think that that is a thing. Um, and that would be something that the hall coordinator would be able to, you know, the RA and the hall coordinator would be able to work through. But, you know, that's certainly something that RAs and hall coordinators deal with regularly. And so I would say that's probably the first stop. If you find yourself in a situation where you're like, oh, this is kind of triggering some other issues that I'm having that I didn't realize and I would really like to talk to a counseling professional, then of course you can always call the Counseling and Mental Health Center. Interesting. So like what do I, what would I say like when I started talking to the counselor in mental health? Like what would I say when I called them? Yeah, you would just say, well, they would ask you for your name and how they can help you. And so you would kind of tell them the situation. And the first person that you talk to at CMHC, that's the Counseling Mental Health Center, um, is a member of our brief assessment and referral team. We call them our BART counselors, um, trained, licensed professionals. Um, and they talk with you about your individual situation and then figure out kind of what's the best course of, of action. So it, we're a short-term counseling center. Um, so something like that, maybe it's coming in for a single session. Um, maybe it's being referred in the community to someone who can offer a little bit longer term care. Um, maybe it's, you know, depending on the situation, uh, maybe it's coming in right now to talk to somebody. Maybe it's, you know, an urgent situation. The, the situation you gave may not be, but maybe it, maybe it is bringing something else up. So, um, what if? I can't focus on my schoolwork because my family's having issues back home or I'm grieving something or there's a bigger issue coming up where I, for some reason, can't do my schoolwork. Yeah. I think uh, that's that happens, unfortunately. I mean, we've, we're dealing with campus tragedy right now. And I think if there's something like that happening in, in your life that is making it difficult, maybe you're traveling back home and you need an extension or you need some kind of modification, I would reach out to Student Emergency Services. They work with professors to help uh, modify your course load and to provide maybe an excuse, you know, for the fact that you weren't there. Um, so that's, that would be, that's something that I would, I would recommend. Okay, yeah. and where can I find their number or where can I, where are they on campus? They are on the fourth floor of the Student Services Building. Um, and you can just Google Student Emergency Services <clears throat> UT Austin and get their contact information. Got it. Um, SES is the, everything is an acronym. Got it. Acronym <laughs> or, you know, letters. It's the jargon that we speak in. What should I do if I feel terrible all the time because I don't have time to eat or, or sleep? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> if you feel terrible all the time. I think that's a really interesting, that's interesting feedback that your body is giving you, right? Like, mm -hmm. I feel terrible and it's because I'm not eating and sleeping. Why am I not eating and sleeping? Is it because I'm, my day is too full? And are there things that I can say no to? Are there things that I can back down on? Obviously, schoolwork, probably not. But are there extracurriculars that you're doing that are maybe taking up a whole lot of that time? Getting a good night of sleep, eating well, exercising. I mean, those are like three sort of foundational things that are really, really important to well-being. I mean, we often think of them as being really important to our physical health, but they're really, really important to our mental health as well. I mean, sleep, exercise, eating well. Those are, you know, if you do nothing else for yourself, 
taking care of your body and your mind in that way um, will really go a long way. Um, what if I feel guilty all the time because I don't feel like I'm, I'm spending enough time on like my family or my friends or my schoolwork? Because any one of those things takes a lot of time and energy. Yeah, that's true. Guilt is an interesting emotion um, or feeling. Um, I, um, I think I deal with that sometimes in my life as a, as a, as a mom who works full time, thinking that, you know, I should be with my kids more. And then when I'm with my kids, I feel like I should be working, you know, I should be spending more time working. And, and I think for me, what has really helped is, um, getting pretty clear about my priorities. And, and for me, my family is number one. And then, uh, you know, secondarily is work. And that has helped me to get really clear on like, okay, well, you know, my daughter has this, uh, maybe a recital or something at school. Um, like that's an important thing for me to go to. That's the only time that she's going to have that recital when she's five years old, you know, um, and being able to carve out the space in my day to make that happen. And I realize not everybody has the ability in their lives and has that much autonomy over their schedule to make that happen. Um, but for me getting pretty clear on my priorities was important. Um, also, um, I've tried to, um, do things like be more mindful about how I'm spending my time. So thinking about uh, quality versus quantity. So being really intentional about like when I'm at work, I do work. I really focus on work and I focus on my job. And I try to carve out, you know, space to get my projects done so that I'm not having to bring them home and do it, you know, after hours. Um, and then when I'm at home, I'm at home. I'm all in at home. I put the phone down. I don't check email. Um, my staff knows that they can contact me if, if there's something kind of an emergent situation, but otherwise, I'm when I'm home, I'm home. And I've tried to just anytime I have guilt creeping in my mind, I try to uh, I try to turn that into gratitude. So I think, oh, I feel guilty. I should be doing this. I should be spending more time with my, with my kids or whatever. And I I say I try to remind myself like, wow, you're really lucky to have a job that. Um, that you love and people who you love being around and have two healthy kids who are amazing and you know wonderful childcare providers who provide a really loving safe environment for my kids so I I try to turn guilt into gratitude in some way I know this is what like I personally have done mm -hmm. and I and I've done that intentionally because I don't know what you know I'm trying to kind of de or um, not to give universal advice that can be applied to everybody mm -hmm. No, that's what's helped me too, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what if I'm nearing the end of my sophomore year and I still haven't found a social group that I feel comfortable around and I really want one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I would... There's a number of student organizations on campus and that can always be a really great way to get plugged in. So if you have an interest, you know, you're interested in science or communication or you're interested in public health or mental health, kind of scanning through, we have over a thousand student orgs. I think the last one was like 1,500 or something. I mean, you can find a student org for just about anything. And that can be a really great way to just get connected into a social community. Mm -hmm. um, I I'm sort of think that um, 
our social connections and and having people in our life, authentic, being kind of authentically connected to people, is probably you know in addition to those three things I mentioned, um, one of the most important things that we can do. I think when we get really stressed and we're like hyper focused on work, we tend to like you know cut people out. We don't talk on the phone. We don't go out. We're just like super focused. But you know keeping. Uh, even if it's like meeting together with friends for coffee for half an hour um, and just hanging out in like a social situation can actually do wonders for our mental health. Mm -hmm. We're very social people. Yep. Um, what if I can't stop checking Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat and I really want to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be something. I, I, you know, that may be something that if it's something you're you've identified this desire and an ability to kind of move forward with it and maybe this you've tried different strategies that could be something that could be um, you know that a counselor could be helpful with I think um, you know potentially um, coming in uh, talking to a counselor and getting set up for a particular service might be really helpful what sort of service would be appropriate for that you know, everything is, our services are super dependent on the conversation that you have with the BART counselor. Mm -hmm. um, so that first conversation is going to determine, um, you know, they're going to ask you a, a number of questions to figure out which of our services or services in the community are going to be the best fit for you. Got it. And you'll have that conversation when you first call in. Mm -hmm. Got it. And that's why we do, I mean, I, I know that lots of other places have online scheduling. Um, and that's just not a model that we use because that first conversation is really important. I mean, we really want to make sure that when you call, you're actually not in a crisis situation because if you are, we want you to come in right away. We wouldn't know that if you just fill in, fill out an online, you know, say an appointment tool or something. Yeah. So for right now, that is an important piece of our, of our, of the support. So... What do I do if I'm panicking because I don't have any plans for after I graduate and I don't want to move back in with my parents? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, you know, um, it's pretty common for students. Um, you know, we think about the transition to college as being difficult and, and a tricky time, but we often forget that the transition out of college is equally, if not more, uh, you know, can induce stress in people and anxiety. I mean, that's that's a real thing. You're thinking about going out into the wide world and figuring out how you're going to make money and where you're going to live and what are you going to do to make that money, you know, all of these things, <laughs> right? Like, you sort of set yourself, your whole life, you set yourself up for that moment. And, you know, we live in an era when I think there are jobs that are now more readily available, but certainly a couple of years ago, students would graduate and and, and it may have felt like, what am I going to do, <laughs> you know? Um, and moving back in with parents may have been a really good, viable, really smart financial move, but maybe wasn't what they had in mind for after graduation, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but I think also that can, be, that can be a time when if you really are having, like, a lot of anxiety about it, um, coming in and talking to someone again. I mean, I don't want to give the impression that therapy is the answer to everything, mm -hmm. um, but... You know, if you've tried other things, you've talked with your parents, if that's a support system for you, you've talked to your peers, um, you know, you're, you, but you're still kind of, you're really feeling unsettled about it. It can be a, 
maybe a time to come and talk to someone. But I do think that that transition period is, um, it's just as important and just as relevant as the transition into college. And I think, you know, we need to make sure we're supporting students on their way out, just like we support them on their way in. Okay, so that's all my situational questions. Okay. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the Thrive app? Yeah, so Thrive at UT is a free iPhone app. Um, we developed it with the intention of enhancing student well-being. Um, we received a grant um, and we worked in partnership with um, the College of Education to create this uh, really wonderful tool for students to use. It's tailored specifically for UT Austin students and it really helps better manage the ups and downs of college life. Excellent. Do I have one more uh, situational one? What mm -hmm. if, like, um, given the recent events on campus, I no longer feel safe walking around or exercising, jogging around campus or around Shoal Creek? Or um, what advice would you give to me then? I would say, um, you know, in terms of safety and being concerned about safety, UTPD is really our our resource on campus for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the university recently put out a new webpage, besafe.utexas.edu, mm -hmm. with resources dealing specifically with safety. Um, so I would I would send you in that direction first. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a real, you know, that's a real concern that that people have. I mean I certainly last Wednesday night I was on campus late and I um, I walked a different way than I would normally walk uh, to get back to my car. And I thought, if I'm doing this and I've changed my behavior, certainly other people have too. Mm -hmm. But I also, I mean, I also was really impressed with the police force presence on campus. Mm -hmm. I walked from the tower to um, my car behind SSB and I saw five police officers. I was literally not at one point never out of um, eyesight from a police officer, either on bikes mm -hmm. or on in the patrol. So I think... I was really impressed with the way the university just sort of kind of put resources in to increase safety. Yeah, I think I went for a run yesterday at Shoal Creek though and there were no women running it was all men. Interesting. Yeah. So I think people just move into the gym. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it is unfortunate when our when we change our behavior, you know, for, for something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also real. I mean that really happened to somebody and mm -hmm. I don't think we'll ever, you know, it's always going to be, a, it's always going to be a memory in UT Austin, you know, I think. So, it's a sad, very sad moment. And, <laughs> you see, I don't know how to transition. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, everyone. <laughs> I'm just, let's just end it here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so can you please repeat um, where people can access um, counseling services one more time if they're um, thinking about the events from last week or struggling with their sure. uh, other mental health issues? Yeah. Um, where can they find your services? So uh, the best thing is to give us a call. Um, you can always walk in. Um, if it's during 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, you can always walk in if you need to talk to someone right now. Um, and Otherwise, you can call um, and we can figure out what the best kind of um, uh, course of, you know, um, how we might best be able to support you. 
Um, we had extended hours uh, through this past week. Um, we were open until 7 p.m. and we had a drop-in support group every day at 5 o'clock and we had students access that. We also were open last um, Saturday. We are going back to our normal hours, which is 8 to 5 Monday through Friday. But a lot of times you need to talk to somebody outside of those hours. You know, you feel like you might be in a crisis or you're just, you need to talk to somebody now. Um, and in that situation, we have our 24-hour crisis line. Um, and that's available for students to call any time of the day or night. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Any other last thoughts? Um, I would say that, you know, we're here. We're here for you. Um, I think it's been a you know, a, a really tough couple of weeks in the life of our campus community. And I'm also reminded how great it is to be a part of a campus community when you're grieving at a time like this because the community comes together to really support each other. Um, and so I just want students to know that that there there is help, there are resources, there are lots of people on campus who who support you and want to see you succeed. Thank you. This was Longhorn Lab Report. That was Katie Red. Thank you for speaking to me today. Thanks for listening to Longhorn Lab Report. Tune in next week for more cool science. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at The Daily Texan and our podcast department at Texan Podcasts. And be sure to check out The Daily Texan at online at dailytexanonline.com for more awesome content. This podcast was produced by The Daily Texan and hosted by Eva Frederick and Ellen Earhart with special guest Katie Red. And the music was by Jazar. Be sure to check back next week for our next episode. And for more science and technology news, go to dailytexanonline.com.